Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Since it first started tumbling into Ireland through the old pirate coves of West Cork and in the stomachs of drug mules coming from Miami, cocaine has become the drug of our nation. It has swept in like a blizzard, dusting every corner of every small town. And so swift and total has its spread been that the Irish are now some of the biggest users in the world. But to unravel how a small island like ours on the edge of Europe ended up such a big player in the major cocaine leagues, we must follow the white supply lines back to the beginning. We must follow the routes it has taken as it travels across the globe. And most importantly, we need to follow the cowboys who put us on the map. So join me, Nicola Talent, for my new live show, Cocaine Cowboys, the story of Ireland's love affair with Colombia's biggest export. Limited tickets now available for February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, February 15th in Cork's Everyman and at Dublin's Three Olympia on Sunday, February 18th. Tickets available at venues are on mcd.ie. This businessman came to John's Murphy. He said, I have this dispute with this criminal. It was an off-the-record sort of chat. But instead of John Murphy meeting him and saying, yeah, that's a difficult situation here's somebody you can contact in this station what he said was I'll sort that out for you give me five grand you're really talking about people facilitating a high level of organised criminality I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World a podcast about criminals drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe Corrupt cop John Spud Murphy intervened in a property dispute between a financier and a suspected criminal and allegedly asked for €5,000 for himself and €5,000 for a serving police officer. At least that's what police investigating him for corruption have been told. The disgraced former superintendent, who's currently serving a jail term after he was caught with over a quarter of a million euro worth of cannabis, will be asked about that and a number of other allegations involving dirty money. 
Today, I'm talking to Niall Donald about intimidation of an innocent businessman, about a long-running property dispute, and about how the Spud Murphy investigation is the biggest probe of corruption in the history of Ungarda Siakona. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So we ran a story um, in the Sunday World about a situation involving a prominent sort of financier in in Dublin who is being threatened. He has had uh, a call to his door with a guy with a gun and he's told Gardy that uh, he had sort of hit a gun and basically threatened him with it. And also, and we had... uh, CCTV evidence of cars being set alight outside his house. Now, it's a complex story in one way, but it's not in another way because it all actually centres on the Garda corruption investigation into John Spud Murphy, who's currently in prison on drug offences. And he was a very well-known superintendent in the Garda before he retired. So we'll start, I suppose, with the cause of the the um, intimidation in the first place. Um, We've been told that there was a property row. Yeah. I mean, these property rows are, by their nature, complicated and, and difficult to explain. Look, I suppose what it comes down to is there's this this meeting point where people have money and people involved in criminality have money. And there, then they have to interact with the real world, if you want, unless they want to just have bags of cash buried in their back garden, which we've obviously had with the odd criminal. But at that point, then, you have a couple of worlds come together. And mm. we've seen this in loads of cases, obviously the most famous one maybe involving the Mansfield family, where you have people with money and you have people that know how to use money. You always have a few receivers knocking around. You have, well, yes. around that mix. Yeah, so there's receive, exactly. And in this case, there was also receivers and properties that become on the market as a result of maybe the crash or in or around that time. But rather than get into all of that, um, what you have is that there's ordinary people come into 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 contact with some of these people that are involved in criminality, and you know people that are in ordinary business don't necessarily know the origin of money. They may get a sense of dodginess off some of these guys, but really, money is money, and if somebody can put money together to to buy property, you don't look for their receipts for their communion or where it came from. But the problem arises with these uh, in these situations where deals don't go as criminals want them to go. Mm. In the real world, if you invest in a in a project and that project uh, doesn't work out, if you put all your money in in you know in a soft drink and that soft drink doesn't sell, you lose your money and everybody accepts that. Um, the problem with dealing with criminals is they don't accept that, do they? No. They don't. They they always want their money no matter what. And they want their profits no matter what. So yeah. it doesn't matter in, in... And now you could argue that there's the, at the very high level of business that also holds true. We had that with property developers when they went wallop. They didn't mm-hmm. go bankrupt properly. But not to get into the bigger debate. We all kind of went bankrupt with them, didn't we? Well, arguably they, you'd say, well, we went bankrupt and some of the developers didn't go bankrupt. Yeah. They were propped up. But look, that that's another more complicated argument. The problem with dealing with criminals is they might give you in a in a in an imaginary scenario, 100 grand to invest in this business. That business in the course of normal events doesn't work out. The criminal still wants his his 100 grand and his 40 grand profit, whether it works or not. And in a sense, um, 
this businessman has become enmeshed in one of these messes. He's an ordinary guy, absolutely no uh, dodgy involvement beyond becoming me coming involved with these people. And I would say he kind of was somebody who saw an opportunity to buy a property. Yeah. Which he did through his company. It was in receivership and he bought it with some sitting tenants. Yeah. And one of the sitting tenants uh, turns out to be somebody who has close links to the Hutch organised crime gang and in the past would have had links to people in, uh, you know... The, the dissident The dissidents sort, sort of, of groupings. groupings. Yeah. So it was about 2015 he bought this property. One of the tenants um, seemed to have, or believe he had... He had a right to purchase it. To so purchase I mean, uh, like, this, his part of it. Yeah. yeah. And... The argument sort of started there and it appears that some heavy handedness started very early on Yeah, because um, the businessman certainly made representations to the guardie and was sort of put in touch with a serving guard through the then retired superintendant, John Spud Murphy. Yeah, so what happened really was this dispute arose over ownership and, and money. And this businessman, um, in an effort to, to find a mediated solution, contacted John Spud Murphy, who at that stage would have retired from the, been retired from the guards a number of years. Um, now, John Spud Murphy, as people will know, I've, we've done a podcast on him before, John Spud Murphy was a very senior guard. He'd been uh, heavily involved in the road traffic division, uh, been the superintendent there, um, comes from, you know, a very strong guard of background, his own father being a serving guard. But, you know, John Spud Murphy, unlike many, you know, he's one of the very few guards, senior guards to ever end up in prison um, for serious drug offences. He was caught with a huge quantity of cannabis in his house, uh, storing it, ultimately pled guilty and is currently behind bars. A really, really rare occasion. We have obviously had had Gardy go to prison for offences regarding around drugs, but they've tended to be, you know, guys on the beat or very low level Gardy with very relatively small amounts of drugs. For somebody, uh, now he was obviously a no, no longer a serving guard at this stage, but for somebody to be caught, I can't, I can't remember the final figure. but 260,000 worth of drugs he pleaded guilty to having and that was after a raid on his home in September 2021. There was also 47,000 euros worth of cash found um, it was cannabis that was found yeah. in the house and in buildings outside the house. Yeah, so I mean, look, clearly, not to state the obvious, this doesn't qualify as somebody being caught with a, like, you know, a couple of hundred euros worth of coke for their own personal dealings. This is somebody deeply involved in organised criminality, deeply trusted within organised criminality and dealing with six-figure sums at, at least. So, I mean, it's an incredible uh, development. But what we, if we go back to our story... John Spud Murphy had retired and he had his feet in many camps. Would you say that's a fair way to describe him? Yeah, I mean, there was always something about him, to be honest with you. He was always a, a sort of, yeah, he had many uh, different associations with different parts of the world, high society and low society. Yeah, and obviously, like, if as people are guards over a long period of time, people can, guard you can get to know criminals or get to know their families, become on good terms with them, meet them on the street and have a chat. 
it's all the normal course of events. Um, but And maybe John Spud Murphy got to know people in that context as a younger guard. But obviously when he when he left the Gardaí, um, that became something else. If it didn't, if it wasn't something else before, we, we, we don't know. Well, that's under investigation. Yeah. So, I mean, he seems to have attempted to put himself forward as something of a fixer um, for various situations between, you know, ordinary people, as in this case with our businessman and and criminal figures, and also then as a fixer for these drug gangs who would either find information that they needed or, you know, search out sort of, you know, that's what we believe. And obviously to the point of, of you know, storing drugs. So this businessman came to John Spud Murphy, said, I have, he obviously heard of him, said, I have this dispute with this, this criminal it was an off-the-record sort of chat that people have with us, but presumably have with members of, of you know, people that, that are in the know. In that situation, uh, if, if most people I've put, sometimes put people in touch with guards and what the guards always say to them, well, you have to come in and make a statement, isn't it? Yeah. But instead of saying, John Murphy meeting him saying, yeah, that's a difficult situation. Here's somebody you can contact in this station. What he said was, I'll sort that out for you give me five grand. Mm. Um, and that is, uh, that is what happened. And to make it, I suppose, a bit more of an important story yeah. and a bit more of an important piece of information that is currently being investigated by the National Bureau of Criminal Investigation as part of the wider uh, probe into Murphy's activities and corruption. Um, he then stated that Murphy introduced him to a senior member serving of yes. the Gardaí who came and, and spoke to him. He believed in an official capacity and he then claims that he asked him for 5,000 as well. Exactly. So that money was paid to resolve this because there was threats against him. There was a lot of money involved. Um, according to, 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 to the businessman, he, he was paid over Um and then what seems to have happened, according to the businessman again, is what constantly happens with these criminal figures where you get told um, you, you, somebody owes five grand for drugs. You pay over the five grand and say, then they come back and say, no, that was actually 20 grand. Yeah. So John... So the goalposts kept moving. They, yes. were, they were sort of hopeful. The businessman was hopeful that this settlement would be reached yeah. essentially between them before anything went to court where you're talking hundreds of thousands yeah. to go to the high court for cases. And, you know, sometimes it looked as if some settlement arrangement, the, the money was increasing that was being demanded from him by the, the individual um, on the property, in the property involved. Um, the goalpost just kept moving and essentially it didn't get resolved. So Spud Murphy and his alleged sidekick didn't do what they had promised to do in the first place for their payouts. Um, the whole dispute ended up in the high court, I think eight times it went around the high court. Um, and the businessman ended up having to put the company that had purchased the property into liquidation. Yeah. Um, such was the, you know, the level of uh, interest lost and such was the level of the, the, the legal payments that we're building. And that's where that has sat. Yeah. But of course, in recent weeks, the pressure has come on again, more intense, the threats coming from the, the, uh, the alleged criminal uh, who's demanding his amount of money that he believes he's owed, which is now like up to 
you know, and topping a million amounts of money, you know. Um, and obviously his home has been targeted. He says he has been targeted. Uh, we have certainly seen evidence of attacks on the cars. Uh, we actually ran some of the stills from those, the cars exploding outside the house. Terrifying. Um, and all the while, the focus has returned to the Murphy yeah. activities and his involvement in this in the first place. So, I mean, I think if you can see this businessman, I mean, it's an absolutely horrific position to be in. You can see the footage. Um, these look like guys in their late teens, early 20s. Presumably they're hired. Somebody gives them a couple of hundred quid to go down and firebomb his car. I mean... Smashes front windows. Smashes front windows. I mean, it's really, really a heavy burden for this guy to be living with. These guys then, that footage is given, will be given to the guardie to have their hoods up. You know, it's really, really difficult thing to 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 stop because mm. there be different guys paid a couple of hundred quid each time. Um, you can track them on CCTV, I imagine, to a degree, but you know, they're 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 just gonna be hired out. So it's it's a terrible thing to have to live with mm. um if people have families um that this this level of violence is is going on in it's their the home world place. they don't know, you know business people, legitimate business people don't understand or know this world and, and it is terrifying for them. And, um, you know, security is being ramped up around this individual's home at this stage. Um, And at the same time, he is one of many witnesses that are forming part of a case against John Spud Murphy. Now, what we know about that investigation, which is ongoing, is that uh, the levels of corruption being alleged are literally knocking everyone's socks off. I yeah. mean, it was described to me that if half of what is being told to the officers investigating this is true or provable, that this is the biggest case of corruption in the history of the Garda Siakona. And Spud Murphy is being described to me as somebody who was not a corrupted cop, who was almost a criminal, yeah. became a cop. And the allegations are going back throughout his career. Yeah. Right to the beginning and all the way through. And, you know, if proven or if 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 put to him, you know, in a court of law, we're looking at an officer who rose up the ranks to a very powerful position, all the while working with criminal gangs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like we've had, obviously, even in recent times, you have various serving members of Gardaí prosecuted and right back to John Gilligan, there was officers prosecuted. Like, I'm not this it, there was always a kind of a, a a sort of low level aspect to it. We've had people prosecuted as well, civilian people as well for looking up things on pulse. That's all very very valuable to criminals, very uh it's on 100% corruption, but you're talking about another level what John Murphy is accused of mm-hmm. where you're really talking about people facilitating high level of organised criminality. Obviously, John Murphy was at a high enough level anyway. Um, the Hutch connection, as obviously we've discussed it as well, that that he's regarded as, as, as acting as a fixer for the Hutch organised crime group. But there is a belief that, that it wasn't just the Hutches, that he was a fixer for hire for various uh, criminal figures 
um, including people like Tommy the Zombie Savage, who passed away, I think it was last year. Um, there's suspicions of links to, to criminal associates of the, the zombie. Um, and to the Penguins Network. And to the Penguins Network. And basically to that kind of older generation of, of mm. criminals who, who, who operate in or around that part of North Dublin. Uh, John mm. Murphy had, you know, he had, he in his own defense he described himself as an alcoholic who made a lot of bad investments but even even the fact that as a an ex-guard who retired a bit early he was flying over to Nigeria and investing in oil fields and mm. stuff like that I mean it's it's you know I mean among the um the things that we currently know are being looked into are being investigated is claims that he at one point approached some businessman in the financial arena and told them that there was a fund, a fund in Denmark and it was, you know, 80 to 90 million in it and that he was looking for ways to move that into the Irish property market. Now, there was no explanation as to who owned that fund, certainly not legitimate. The suspicion is that that was fund belonging to either one criminal group or a number of them and that they were looking to move their investment into the Irish property market. Um, Other allegations that have been made against him was that he was at one point trying to sell very high-end paintings or he was looking for people that might have been interested in them. Um, Some of those paintings may have been stolen by the criminal fraternity over the year. We know there was a number of um, high-profile robberies on Rusborough House, for example. Yeah. And paintings are still missing. I mean, masters, yeah. some of them. Um, now, there's no suggestion yet any of the paintings that he m- might have been trying to move were those very famous missing yeah. ones. But certainly they're the names of the artists that have been mentioned to me. I mean, you're talking big, big books for these paintings. Big yeah. books. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two strands to the, to the Murphy investigation, I suppose. is one that what he was doing himself, um, acting as a criminal, uh, facilitating the movement of, of you know, money. The other one, of course, is that through contacts over his years of serving in the force and through people he ultimately knew that he was attempting to corrupt those still serving officers uh, in order to get information or in order to, to profit mm. himself. So that's the two strands really is what he was up to himself, but also the fact that he was using his contacts within the force to to attempt to to, to induce corruption in them through payments. And of course, uh, for a serving guard to be uh, to receive a payment is one hundred percent corruption and would be a, a very serious criminal offence um, for them to profit in that way. Like not to state the obvious. I mean, obviously, over the years in. I don't know if you saw some of those uh, Netflix series about the New York police in the 80s and I was brilliant or in the 70s and you can see that, I, you know, exactly what went on of that type. So there, there was, there was, and look, people speak of John Spud Murphy as a, a shakedown mm. type of guy, don't mm. they? Mm. Um, I mean, most certainly. I suppose he became undone. Yeah in a weird fashion and it was as there was a warrant out for the arrest of Jerry the Monk Hutch and um, around that time when when Gardy were were looking for Hutch they had were working with the Guarda Seville they were aware that he was going to fly into Spain um, 
And I think they were aware when he was due to fly out and the operation had been set up to arrest him at the airport, but he never flew out. Yeah. And he went into the darkness for a period of time. Um, now, that whole scenario and what went on there um, appears to have brought attention of Gardaí to certain social media sites yeah. which were running and um, one of which had sort of the information that there was a warrant out for Hutch's arrest yeah. while it was believed to be a very closely held secret within the Gardaí and how this piece of information had arrived on a social media site, an anonymous yeah. social media site, became the focus of attention. And it was during the investigations into the sort of information that was being posted on these sites um, that led them to Spud Murphy, to John Spud Murphy. I don't think anybody, when his home was raided in September 2021, expected to find a, an amount of drugs in his property. No, I mean, I don't think, I, from what we hear, it wasn't as if they were monitoring for... For, for, for actually ages. holding this, the narcotics. Exactly. And that is what he's suspected of doing, isn't it? It's, just, you know, he obviously was, the, he was caught in his possession. But That's rather a than, kind of a peculiarity to me, though, because, I mean, no matter what, we know factually he was caught with that. He's pleaded guilty to that. He's yeah. serving a sentence in the courts. But that's a very high risk activity to have put yourself in a position that you have that amount of drugs in your home, that you don't have anywhere else to store it, that a more low level sort of criminal from whatever network that that drug was being held for, um, you know, that they weren't in, in possession of it. That, to me, always looked as if something had gone wrong for Spud Murphy. Mm. Um, you know, a guy like that, who, if he had been working as a high-level fixer, would never have been expected to have put himself in risk at risk like that. He would have been useful. Yeah. And, you know, he obviously was somebody that was would have been useful to keep him out of prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that, I think that hasn't completely unfolded yet, what happened at that time, why he had those drugs and why he had that amount of cash. Yeah, I mean, I think you see the the there was a degree of recklessness about Spud Murphy though, I think, mm. and a degree of arrogance that can come with people where, you know, storing drugs and money is an easy way They'll to never come money. for me, like. They'll never come for me. They'll never suspect me. You don't really have to do anything. You just leave it there and you get whatever. Yeah. A couple of grand. Mm. And it's easy money. Mm. It doesn't involve a lot. And people, he seems to have, despite having money washing through him, seems to have, still been in money problems and chaotic sort of life. Which is extraordinary as well because, uh, and to be honest with you, the the alcohol addiction that he cited in the courtroom, I mean, how much drink would you have to put into you to get yourself into that kind of financial bother? Because, I mean, he would have had a very healthy guard of pension leaving. We know he was working in the private industry for a long time. I mean, he certainly had um, bits and bobs of work while he was even serving um, in the private, from the private sector. So he would have been a big earner, especially yeah. in retirement. And how yeah. many pints can you drink to get yourself into that much trouble that <laughs> well, you're holding 260 grand's worth of cannabis? Where you're living, it's your family home. This yeah. isn't even a, you know, a, a kind of a, a rental property that you have that you could, you know, if anything was found or anything went awry, you could claim was not yours. This was his family home that this was being stored in. Well, you, you get a sense from um, 
from the court case, his this sort of excuse was that he he'd made all these bad investments, and that can happen. People, you know, people think they're smarter than they are, and they go out and invest in a magic bean somewhere, and all of a sudden they need a bit of easy cash. I mean, yeah, you're right though. I mean, it's it doesn't make any sense, but I think there's uh, there can be a recklessness and an arrogance that comes from, uh, you know, driving for so long uh, without consequence. And, you know. Or perhaps he, he perhaps now he, um, he, he learnt the true colours of those that he had been mixing with for a period of time, if those allegations are right, you know. Yeah. Um, because, you know, often criminals do turn on people that they're very confident. But nonetheless, he is, he's been questioned a number of times and there's a huge investigation underway there. Um, he, I understand, has nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, you would... There was a certain flurry of activity, of course, for a while, um, in around this time last year or maybe a bit after. Um, and the, by the way these things go, then all of a sudden it quietens and no charges are brought. And But that's probably not a sign that nothing is going to happen. What it's going to be a sign is that these this is a really going to be a complicated investigation. And you are dealing with people that have, you know, served as guardee. So that slows it down again. Um, But it does seem that there is, you know, uh, a lot to to come of this, I would Mm. think, you know. Mm. Right. Well, look, anyone with any information in relation to um, Spud Murphy, we would be very pleased to hear what you have to say. Um, obviously, the National Bureau of Criminal Investigation would too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot to this and a lot to untangle going forward. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.